Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, stand with Chesty. Follow the bread man and know how to spell Capo Caco. Then you've tuned to the right place. Let's go Rangers Radio. Yeah, welcome to Go Rangers Radio. Broadcasting live from the Go Hockey Media Studios in New York, baby. Y'all truly Mr. Paul Copper holding down the fort here. Good day, good morning, good evening, good afternoon to all of you in Rangers land. Whatever you might plug in for this episode here, Wednesday, April 21st. The day after, losing big time to the New York Icelanders out on Long Island. Hello, everybody. What's going on? What's shaking? Oh, is everybody okay? Are we are we all are we all gonna make it? Is it all right? You know, unfortunately, we couldn't get that fifth game in a row against the Devils and the Islanders. Basically, I don't know. Did they punch us out last night? Is the dream over? What what are we gonna do now? Ten games left. What happened last night? How's Truba doing? What's going on? How are you doing? How am I doing? I'm all right. Thanks for asking. Uh, Before we jump into today's show, uh, first, thanks to all of you guys who've been hanging with me here at Go Rangers Radio uh, these last couple weeks with the new format. We really appreciate it. Um, If you missed the the last two shows, we had uh, uh, my cousin Mike Carver. We were talking about the Islanders and Rangers before that weekend uh, uh, series that they had where the Rangers actually got three points out of the two games. That was good stuff. Uh, last week, if you missed it, Brooksy was on, Larry Brooks from the Post. So if you haven't heard that one yet, fire that one up too. Uh, it's in the archives. And today, Go Rangers Radio special guest is Mr. Rick Carpinello from The Athletic. You all know Rick. Rick's aces. So we're looking forward to uh, talking to Rick in just a little bit here. And we'll uh, we'll get his take, obviously, uh, on the game last night and the week that was what the Rangers have to do, not only for the rest of this season, if they have any chance to get into the playoffs. Rick wrote in his column, good night, Gracie. So, I don't know. We'll find out what Rick, what Rick thinks here, uh, one way or the other, in terms of um, uh, how, they, how the team's going to you know, regroup from this, talk about the rest of the way, and then we'll, we'll look into the future with Rick, and we'll, we'll see what Rick has. We'll, we'll see what Rick sees for this team. And this path, the, the the organization is on, and we'll get into that a little later on. So, let's just do a, a quick wrap up here. The guys played great, obviously against the Devils. Not perfect, but they did what they needed to do. Uh, you know, very hard. No disrespect to the Devils, but I don't care who you're playing. I mean, it's it's rare, obviously, just because of this season, for teams to be playing each other four games in a row. Um, uh, and you know, obviously, you're you're one of your Arch rivals, nemesis, and all that other other stuff. But Devils obviously stripped their team down, letting a couple guys go here in the trade deadline, and they're in their own rebuild, their own reconstruction. As the Rangers are in, I um, mean, what, what do you call it? Year three, you know, or half, two and a half with the shutdown and the half a season this year. I don't know how you want to talk about it, but um, you know, the Rangers went out and they got eight points. Uh, you know, Bravo! They 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 uh, you know stayed did what they had to do. Unfortunately, Boston keeps winning. I think they've won five or six in a row here, and Pittsburgh's winning, you know. And the Flyers are, you know, 
you know, just tapping on the behind us there. And we've got a couple of games coming up with them uh, starting tomorrow back-to-back against Philly. And basically for the Rangers, it's must win. You got to win. You got to go 10-0. You know, I think Rick put in his column maybe 9-1. and 9-1. and one. No problem. Two against the Flyers. Two against the Sabres. Yeah, take those two. Oh, look, the Islanders. Two more against the Islanders who played a stifling, strangling type of game last night in a 6-1 blowout. Rangers couldn't get a sniff. Martin and Truba go back and, and, and play checky-checky with each other, and Martin wins. Truba goes out, and the Rangers just couldn't adjust, couldn't get inside. The Islanders finished all their chances, got in front of Shesty, guys wide open, and uh, Potato. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't like to lay into players because it's a team game, but sometimes, I don't know. But, you know, Coach Quinn has to make the adjustments. He goes with him last night. But there was just, there was one point there when, that on the goal where he, he lost this stick, and then he was standing there. I mean, granted, he was juiced. He was tired or whatever. But, I mean, if you look back at the highlight, I just haven't seen that from a professional hockey player, if not in a long time, if ever. And he just kind of just, he just kind of skated like he was walking next to the net. And I forget who buried the goal there on the on the Islanders. But, I mean, and I know it was a long shift and everything. But, I mean, geez, dive. Make it effort. He watched it. He had better view than, than we did on TV last night. Um, but it is what it is. Shesty roads it out. The team comes back down to reality. You know, our guys, same thing. Just kind of couldn't get in there. Couldn't finish any changes. Couldn't really get anything going offensively. And that's just a credit to Barry Trotz. He gets a couple of guys back into his lineup. His new guys from the trade deadline, they basically are adjusting. He's got his system right now. And, you know, if you're not on the fan, first of all, whoever's banging that bucket at the Coliseum, oh, could you imagine every night, every home game? Whew. I can't believe that guy's allowed to escort him out the building. It's not an MLS game. For the love of God, please, Ranger fans, go in the garden. Leave your buckets at home. If you're a bucket banger, please don't come to the garden. All right? Appreciate it. That was annoying. Remember a few years back, they had the, the, the World Cup. I think it was down in Brazil or whatever, and they had those things, the horns, and they were just blowing. It was the most annoying thing. You can't even enjoy the game. So last night, even on top of the Islanders beating us up all over the place, you got somebody up in the stands at the Coliseum banging on a bucket. Oh, anyway, that's their problem, not ours. So, look, um, that's the deal. Rangers got their work cut out for them, you know. Uh, just going back here, that you know, the two against Philly, two against Buffalo, two against the Islanders, two against the Caps, and then the last two are against Boston. Can these guys do it? I don't know. They've been able to bounce back from, you know, what I've called the seesaw season, so they've, they've They've done this before where they've they've just looked absolutely outclassed, outplayed, can't find their way. You know, they've dealt with so many different weird things that went on this season and been able to bounce back. And they've been in it, you know, up until the game last night. They've basically been in it all season. And, um, you know, you can't count them out. But it's be highly unlikely if the Rangers are going to make the playoffs this season. But, again, the future looks bright here. You got to give credit to the organization, the team, the prospects, Coach Quinn, the coaching staff. You know, you may not agree with everything. But when things are good with this team, you know, I see the whole fire Quinn thing goes deadly silent. 
And then when they lose, oh, he's the worst guy in the world. You can't get it right every night. This is the National Hockey League. Not only is the best league in the world, right now the Rangers are pretty much probably playing in the best division in the league, if not in the world. And granted, I think a couple people have posted out there, like if the Rangers played in any other division right now, they would be in the playoffs. But because they play in the East Division, they're out. And they got that work cut out for them. But, you know, yeah, disappointing last night. Unfortunately, you can look back and, and just see the product on the ice. Uh, they were just outplayed last night. They just, you know, just a better system. That's the Islander system. Good luck to the Islander fans watching that hockey. But eventually, if... And it's just terrible to say. It's just, just to even mention that if the Islanders were to win the Stanley Cup under Barry Trotz and that system, hey, at the end of the day, I'll tell you when. Devils did it years ago, too. You know? Ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, it's all about winning. I prefer the exciting, run-and-gun, flashy style, scoring lots of goals, mixing it up, you know? this. But, you know, I mean, look at the Islanders last night. They did six goals. And a lot of it was, like I said, the Rangers just didn't, you know, Trouble went down and the whole thing, you know, which I guess is one of the frustrating things, you know, maybe we'll get into it with Rick too, is the team just didn't seem to, you know, and I've talked about this team on the show here where they're very, they're very cohesive. The, there's great chemistry here. Um, you know, the guys are very supportive, lots of love, love and hug after the wins and everything. Last night, you know, and it could be burnout. Like I said, this is a tough NHL season. This is games every other night, uh, playoff intensity, uh, pretty much, you know, the whole season. So, you know, until you lace the skates up and play in this situation, pandemic protocol, no fans in the beginning, some fans coming back. It, it's wild. It's wacky. The Rangers are interchanging the parts. Young guys coming in, guys put on taxi squads, some guys playing well, some guys not. But last night, you know, with all that said, you could see it in the in the Devils series, you know, when they were playing well, but then, you know, the Devils, they kind of gave them a little life. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're playing games, you get a little bored, you get, you know, you, you, you drop your guard. And, you know, they were lucky, especially the last game there for the Rangers to get out with the final two points. But last night, and this maybe gets into leadership and, and captaincy on the Rangers. You know, and if if, if Jacob, I've, I've said this in, you know, last year or two that, you know, I, I felt that maybe Truba might be the end up being the, the guy who wins the captaincy. But he goes down last night, and, you know, people say maybe it's Chris Kreider. Did, did Chris Kreider show a lot of leadership last night? I don't know. Mika Zibanejad, did he show it last night? You know, in a, in a game, not so much other games prior to or in and around this season, but when you play a team of the caliber they did last night against the Islanders, and you're struggling, and your defense isn't playing well, and you can't find a win it, way in and out of, uh, you know, the neutral zone and, and down low in, in the offensive end. And, and your coach is trying everything. He's changing lines up and stuff. I mean, ultimately, it comes down to the guys on the ice. And, yes, it was a lot of fun watching the wins against the Devils. And the guys did great. And, yes, they're young guys. And first season together for most, of, if not all these guys. Get it. But last night, you know, you could look at where you got to get to, where this team has to get to, uh, not only as a team, but as players, too. You know, leaders got to find a way. You know, the the, the best leaders and, and everybody who's a big fan of this team and you go back to the previous playoffs and, you know, uh, you know going back to 2014 and, and all the guys we've had in the lineup, all those guys under AV and the success and you prior to that with Tortorella, you know, everybody before 
David Quinn, you know, like I said, there was just there's leadership on this team. There's guys who would steal games, and obviously we had some colorful uh, personalities, whether it was Zuccarella, you know, in Martin, St. Louis, coming in there for a little bit. I don't know why I had trouble saying his name like that. Marty St. Louis, um, you know, key guys that would kind of kind of come in here and step up. Richardson, you know, big personalities, and obviously in the 90s it was Mess and Graves and Leachy and stuff. We have those names, Zabanejad, Kreider, you know, Panarin. I don't know, Strom's one of those guys, but Strom's been a good soldier. He's been doing his job. You know, Buchnevitz is there. We have, uh, you know, the young guys now, Kratzoff and Kako and Lafreniere and, you know, Heedle. You know, you go up and down this lineup and you see the younger guys and then you kind of tilt towards, you know, like Panarin couldn't break through last night. Zibanejad couldn't break through last night. You know, Kreider certainly couldn't break through last night. So I don't want to weigh too much on the game last night, but I think it's it was a good learning experience more than anything. And I think, you know, all of us as fans have to look up, uh, look you know, back at and again, look at the games coming up here. Let's see how these guys play against Philly. Let's see how they play against Buffalo, who obviously, you know, you know, they're no joke. You know, right now, I mean, in terms, of you you have to, you know, you got to play them the same way with the Devils. You know, you, you figure you have to win those two games, but you know, the Sabers have nothing to lose, so those games aren't going to be easy. And you know, the Islanders just. The way they played last night, I'm sure Quinn will make adjustments. You know, they'll, they'll change the plan a little bit. They played the Islanders pretty well, you know, a weekend ago. They can do it again. But, man, the Islanders, they're going to be a little hungry. They're they are healthier now. And they've, you know, got Zajac and Palmieri in there. Their goaltending is pretty tight. And, like I said, Trotz's system. Those two games against the Islanders coming up even after Philly and Buffalo are just going to be so hard. And by that time, if they've lost one or two of those games, it's pretty much over. You know. And then, oh, yeah, last four games of the season. Let's wrap things up against the Capitals and the Bruins. Bruins are just playing real good lights-out hockey right now. The Caps want first. They want that They want that home ice, you know. So, look, the work's cut out for them. We will see what happens. That's all we can do as fans. But, you know, this is a young team. This is a rebuild. We weren't supposed to make the playoffs. They're in it. They're close. You know, it's it's almost like the, the run there before, uh, you know, in, in 2019 when they shut things down that week. I prefer to it here, you know, against Dallas and Colorado that week. And then COVID hit and the league shut down. They were, they were flowing. They were rolling. They were heading towards the playoffs. I mean, so for fans, we have at least have a team that's, uh, you know, exciting enough and, and fun enough and, and showing at least signs of, man, what this team could be uh, once it all collectively comes together. And whether this team is going to, find a leader or give the C to somebody. Do we have that guy yet? Does that guy still need to come in a trade? Free agency. So these are the uh, the things that we don't know yet. But, you know, next year, hopefully we get back to a normal training camp, a full season, expanded year, travel, more camaraderie. This team's got, it's got great, you know, it's on paper, it's there, you know? Quinn's still young. You know, the team is young, but Quinn's young too. So he's a young coach getting this experience too. And, I, you know, I give him credit too for everything they've kind of gone through this year. And, uh, you know, we've already talked about that. So it is what it is. Rangers got to get out there. They got to win 10 games. Look, they they at least they'll, they'll give it a run. I'm sure that I, I would hope, like especially the last two periods last night, and please don't play the way Potato played at the end of that game in that third period. That's what I don't want to see. That was like the white flag went up. We're done. We're finished. Just go down fighting. Just give Philly a good couple of games here. Take care of business in Buffalo. Give the fans something. You know, take the Islanders on straight ahead. And then those last four games against the Caps in Boston, they'll know 
one way or the other, whether they got a chance to get in or their season's over, and they can just kind of play free and easy and go out and nothing to lose and try and make it a little difficult difficult for Washington and Boston as far as where they're going to end up position-wise for the playoffs. And we can all sit back and watch uh, an older Boston team, an older Washington team, an older Pittsburgh team, okay? And they're going to go, and, and an Islander team, it's a good mix of young and, and, and older guys. But those four teams that are looking to make the playoffs here in the Eastern Division, they're all getting old. A lot of those guys aren't going to be probably on their teams next year. And as far as you look at a young team, a talented team, prospects, even the prospects that we still haven't put on this team yet, whether it's Jones, whether it's Schneider, whether it's Barron, those guys are all still coming. So, you know, these four teams, it might be their last hurrah. They'll, they'll, they'll get into the playoffs here. And I, I firmly believe, I, I still, my personal thing is I, I think the Caps are going to win it this year. But, man, look at what's going on in the rest of the, the league. Tampa, Carolina, Florida. Look what's going on up north. Edmonton, Winnipeg, Toronto, and out west, St. Louis, Minnesota. The Avalanche, the Knights. I mean, man, we're all, you know, the Rangers bow out here as fans, as hockey fans. We're going to look at the rest of these teams. We're going to get a great playoff series. They're going to be able to kind of watch what goes on here. It's going to be a great Stanley Cup Finals. Whoever wins it, hopefully it's not the Islanders. And then we'll sit back here, and, and then the divisions will go back to normal next year. Buffalo gets out, you know. We get Columbus back in, right? Who's they're, – they're changing things up too. They're not as, you know. The Rangers, depending on what the other teams do, and, and like I said, they'll be older. Pittsburgh, Boston, Washington, the Islanders will be older teams. The Islanders not so much as the other three teams. The Devils are still working on things, you know. Carolina comes back, another good team. But, you know, the Rangers, you know, as far as Eastern Division, Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference hopefully next year, they have to be considered one of the strongest teams. To, you you got to look at next year as a as a, as a league where they can, um, you know, a, a league that goes back to normal next year with everybody that they can probably, they'll make the playoffs next year. They might make the playoffs the next five, six, seven years in a row. Once it kind of balances out a little bit. So, Look, take last night, take the rest of the season, sit back and enjoy it. Um, we love these guys. It's not perfect, but I think, like I said, there's some good stuff coming up down the road. So hang in there. Like you guys have been hanging in there with me, uh, appreciate it. Let's hang in there with this squad. Let's enjoy these last 10 games. Hopefully they give it their best. I'm sure they will. And then, like I said, if they don't make the playoffs this year, look, we got uh, the future looks bright, and we'll just kind of keep going from there. All right, everybody, it's time to bring our special guest on here this afternoon at Go Rangers Radio, and that is athletic columnist Mr. Rick Carpinello and longtime beat writer for the New York Rangers. Rick, good day to you, sir. Welcome to Go Rangers Radio. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing a lot better than your team's doing. <laughs> you know, they're coming off a rough night, and uh, I think it's a dark day today. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, Rick, before we get into uh, the game last night and, and obviously the week they had here with the Devils and stuff, uh, you know, a tough road ahead uh, for the rest of this 56-game campaign with about 10 games left. Um, but before we get into it, I, I want to ask you, um, I'd love to just get a general take from you, what the experience has been like for you covering uh, the Rangers this year, you know, uh, around the pandemic, you know, with the whole virtual uh, interviews and everything else. How has that been for you, um, you know, covering the team uh, during all this, 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's obviously it's been bizarre and it, and it's been difficult. Um, you know, you have no access, you have no no one-on-one time with any player, you have no time to uh, watch a practice. You can't watch practices. You can't go in the locker room and, and just say hello to guys. So there's no relationship building at all going on this year, um, and, and the access is it's very very strange in that regard. But also, you know, on the other hand, it's, it's kind of easier because. I don't have to go to any practices. I don't have to go to any games. I'm not traveling. I'm watching <laughs> games on television in my pajamas. And uh, so, I mean, you know, I do have a lot more time for myself. But it's certainly in terms of doing the job, it's way, way harder than ever before in terms of, you know, talking to players and getting stories that, you know, you know, when we talk to players now, everybody talks to the same two players. And uh, everybody has the same quotes. And, there's nothing going on there. It's really hard to do a feature story. So uh, it's been a very unique and very trying year, and I'm certainly not complaining because a lot worse things happened this year than my access being limited. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm not complaining about that at all. But, it, but it's been a, a really unique and unusual season to cover a hockey team. Yeah, and I think that's uh, like a perspective. You know, I mean, you guys get in there and, and you, you know you do the scrums and. And bopping around, and it's it's even weird not you know on MSG not seeing John Giannone get his first couple of questions in there before you guys all right. jump in and stuff. Um, outside of the travel part, and obviously it being a little easier, and, and I know you guys are grateful for continuing to be able to work and everything like that. Do you actually miss being around the rink and and, and the, the the arena and, and and all those vibes that go into you know covering a team year in year out? Obviously, going to other cities is one thing, but even just generally being around the Garden. Absolutely, uh, you, you know, not only do you. You, you know, you have relationships with all the other members of the media, with all the official scorers, with some of the security people at the Garden, you know, people you've known for years. So you don't see any of those people. Uh, obviously, the players, uh, you know, I have a pretty good relationship with a lot, of the, a lot of the guys on the team. I haven't seen any of them in 13 or 14 months. And uh, so all well, that's very weird. And also the fans. I mean, you have no idea how many times. You know, a fan will will text me or, or message me uh, through Twitter, and we hook up at the game. You know, on the press, outside the press box, and uh, I miss that. I miss that interaction with with people. And the, you know, but it, like I said, this is this is a unique year in so many much more important ways than that. <laughs> so I'm not going to complain about you know what happened to my little role in this world. Yeah, no doubt about it. I uh, appreciate that take there, Rick, and giving us some uh, perspective. All right, so uh, the Rangers did what they needed to do against the Devils here this past week uh, before a stifling loss to a Barry Trotz Islander team. His system, obviously uh, a couple of new guys since the trade deadline, getting into that lineup, getting accustomed to their, uh, to that system, and obviously getting a couple guys back from injury. Uh, so he had a, a full ship uh, sailing last night on the island. And uh, I was just kind of curious, you know, in terms of what you thought. In term, I, you know, I saw your column today as far as the math and, and where the Rangers are, are pretty much, you know, going to probably be on the outside here with 10 games left and the way the Bruins and the Penguins are playing and, and obviously how they played last night. Do you see a little burnout here? Or um, obviously the Islanders are uh, definitely a constructed, more experienced team here in the last two seasons, no doubt, going into last night. But as far as the Rangers are concerned here, talk a little bit about, you know, coming off the Devils, uh, the four games, they did what they had to do there. And then, obviously, just they seemed to be all over the place last night. And anything that they kind of built on during the week with the Devils just kind of fell apart uh, on the island last night. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think, you know, too, that they, they got a little full of themselves with that four-game sweep. And uh, they, 
the Rangers got into some bad habits playing that way, and they do that. They tend to do that. They always tend to have problems with teams that clog the neutral zone and, and, and make the, slow the game down and get in their way uh, and block shots. You know, they have trouble with that. They, the Rangers play a very skilled game. They try to play a fast game, and the Islanders slowed them down. Uh, but I think they got into some bad habits because when they played the Devils, they kind of had their way. Uh, and then they got in trouble, and then they won anyway. Uh, so, the, so they, you know, I think the habits were forming. Uh, I don't think they – I think they might have been a little too thrilled with the four-game sweep because it really wasn't uh, near perfect, and they didn't play great in any four games. They played well enough to win them, and they don't owe anybody any apologies for that. But I think, you know, it was a different animal, and I don't think they were ready for this different animal. And I'm not saying they weren't mentally ready that they knew what the Islanders were going to do to them. They knew how the Islanders play. And they've had some success against the Islanders this season and, and against some of the other top teams. But the Islanders were desperate and came out and just made a slog of it. And it, and it was a, you know, it's an ugly game to watch sometimes, but it's really effective against a skilled team. Um, the Rangers need to figure a way to play a different game, to get the puck into the offensive zone behind the defense and and go to work in games like that and not try to play through the neutral zone as if uh, there, there's no resistance and turn the puck over and and just allow the other team to counterattack it. And we know most of the season the Rangers have played well defensively, very well in, in a lot of the games. And, well, last night they didn't. Uh, and a lot of that is because of the way they mishandled the puck when they had it. Uh, but, you know, you can't turn it over at the blue line. You can't turn it over at the red line. And the Rangers did that repeatedly, uh, and the Islanders made them pay. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the one thing, too, I want to touch on here, too. Obviously, Trotz here, a very experienced coach. To me, watching the game last night, it's almost like you, what stood out for me, you can see – you know, obviously, Trotz gets a couple of his key players back, but someone's like, well, he watched the, 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 the tapes from the last couple of games, and he made adjustments, and he found ways to kind of take guys like Panarin out of the game and Zbanejad and, and Buchnevich and, and the rest of it there. And, um, and the other thing, too, is obviously the Islanders just cashed in on all their chances. Um, yeah. they, they played down and dirty there in front of Shesterkin and everything else and a couple of deflections and everything. Um, and he never really got a lot of great looks on a lot of the goals. And then just as far as the focus here with the Rangers, in addition to the Rangers being a young team, you know, Coach David Quinn here, he's a third-year coach. You know, if you if you sit there and match him up against the coaches of the other big teams here in, in the uh, in the division, whether it's Laviolette there in Washington and and Sullivan in Pittsburgh, and um, and obviously Trotz with the Islanders, I mean, he has to learn to make adjustments too. And I thought maybe that was a part of it as well. The Rangers could never really find a way to kind of they, they had found a way maybe in the other couple of games that they played that weekend, but they just they were really kind of taken out of. Everything, and even when Jacob Trouba went down too, it just there was nothing. There was no way for them to get back in the game. Just wanted to see um, your take on on maybe Coach Quinn's adjustments or non-adjustments during the game. Yeah, well, you know, the way they the way they set out to play that game wasn't the way they played it. So, you know, you can you can argue that the adjustment thing. You can also argue about the experience thing. But he's got a really great record against the Capitals in, in his three years here. So, you know. I think it's more the Rangers' inability to play the type of game they need to play against a team that plays the way the Islanders play. Uh, and then you, and then you worry too, and I wrote about this today, um, 
are the Rangers' skill players just not able to play through the difficulty as we saw last year in the bubble or last summer in the bubble mm-hmm. uh, when they weren't competitive at all. You know, top guys just didn't even, they, they weren't even noticeable in the bubble. And now here you get a game, you know, kind of a really big regular season test and more than a test, a game they kind of need to stay alive here. Um, and, and they failed it miserably. So you worry about that. As far as the coach, look, we don't know what David Quinn will be when he has a team that's ready to contend. We, we don't know that we, mm-hmm. because you can't know that. Um, and we don't even know if he'll be here when they're ready to contend because we don't know when that will be. But we do know that he's, he was brought here to develop and to bring along the kids and to get them ready to be in position to contend at some point in the relatively near future. I think he's done that. Um, but to say that he's got the experience of a Barry Trotz and or he can he can win with this team uh, as it ages, we don't we obviously can't say that yet. Uh, but I don't think again going back to the you know adjustments for last night, the way they set out the play was to go to be careful through the neutral zone to not be risky with the puck to get pucks deep and, and to go play in the offensive zone because that's the best way to defend um, is, to play, is to play in the Islanders' zone. The Islanders have trouble scoring goals against teams that don't cough up the puck in neutral zone. And they, they've really struggled to score goals. Last night, the Rangers kind of handed it to them. So, I mean, you, you can say Quinn was out coached if you like, and I, and I think it's hard to disagree. It's hard to argue either way. But, I think it's more on the players because the, the way they played that game was not the way the, plan, the game plan went. Yes, and, and you know, I'm bringing that up also as a, as a way that, like, you know, we've got, you know, the team is, is learning, obviously a young team here, and, and obviously Coach Quinn's learning too, and, and again, in a very unique situation here, to, uh, you know, with the division and the 56-game season and, and not playing other teams and other systems and traveling, and there's all different things uh, going involved with this, and almost like, you know, you know, Rick, the back and forth between the, the love-hate thing with Coach Quinn and, and everything else. And I think, like I said, the, the jury's still out here. Um, you know, it's been a very weird season here for New York as far as, you know, starting off with Tony D and, and Panarin with the Russians and, you know, him going down with COVID there and Knobloch taking over and the ups and downs here as the Rangers try to stay in the fight here. What I want to ask on that note, too, is tell me what you think is the best the best of this path the organization is taking right now. Uh, and, and also maybe a thing or two that concerns you with regards to maybe preventing the team getting closer uh, in, in the years to come to, you know, getting close to a championship or winning a championship. Yeah, I mean, and just and just going back to what your point you make, too, they also got, you know, the first half of the season, they didn't get good goaltending. The first half of the season, they didn't have the, the real mixes advantage. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I mean, to be where they are, you know, actually is kind of surprising. Um, I think, you know, given all given all that with the D'Angelo and Panarin situation, uh, to be where they are is is pretty surprising. To Absolutely, be, yeah. Right in this, you know, if they'd won that night, they're right there. Uh, but you know, that said, I think you know, I think the good thing about where they are is that the organization figured that this would be a maximum for this season, you know, make make a good run at it, maybe get a playoff spot, be still mathematically alive the last couple of weeks of the season. And, you know, they've done all that. 
there was never playoffs or bust this season. So that's the good thing. I think, you know, they, they've made strides. The young players have gotten better. Um, but it's incremental. It's certainly not, you know, certainly, you know, Kako didn't burst onto the scene this year or Lafreniere didn't burst onto the scene this year. Um, even Hedl has been, you know, kind of baby steps again. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other kids have really made their, their, their notice, uh, you know, Fox and Lindgren and Miller have been pretty much fabulous. Uh, so I think, you know, they're, in a, they're on a good path here. Um, I don't think we're going to see who's at the Stanley Cup next year either. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not realistic. But I think that next year they should be able to contend uh, for, you know, for, for a spot and maybe expect to win a round or something uh, because they're going to be – these kids, have, you know, have to pr- continue to progress. And as they do, and they're going to add some more, they're going to add, you know, this has been a song for three years now, they're going to add more young kids next year. <laughs> they're going to be an even younger team uh, in theory. And uh, – but they're going to have to – in my opinion, they're going to have to figure a way to play when the going gets tough. And, and by tough, I mean – uh, I don't mean physically because they haven't been run out of any buildings this year, and mm-hmm. they've certainly held their own against bigger teams. I think the going get tough. I mean teams that really defend and make you go through them to score your goals and make you and make you uh, do the dirty stuff to get goals and to spend time in the offensive zone. And if, if they don't learn to do that, then they're going to have problems when they do get the playoffs. Uh, and you know, and they're going to get the playoffs soon. You know, in the next couple of years. And but are they going to be able to match up against teams that play the, the way we saw the Islanders play last night? And I, I don't think the Islanders are a great team either. But the, you know, the way they play is the way teams play in the playoffs. Uh, I think it was a good lesson last night. I think it was a really eye-opening thing for them, um, for some of their skill guys, to try to figure out what it's going to take to get to that next level. Uh, which is getting into the playoffs and having a chance to win uh, a round or something. Uh, but I but I do think that, you know, there's certainly some cautionary things there. I, I also think the Rangers are going to have some, I know they're going to have some cap space this summer, and, and they may not even use it this summer, but in the next year or two, they're going to be able to go out and fill holes with money. Uh, so that's you know that's a good thing too, and, and they'll probably have to trade some of these young players because they're just not going to have room for all. So uh, they'll be able to get at the assets that they need with the assets that they have. Um, so that's I think that's a good thing going forward too. And I, and I, I think you, I think at this point you need to trust John Davidson and Jeff Gordon uh, for the way they have handled these last few years, and uh, and you have to trust that they'll make the, the right decisions to make the, uh, the personnel moves that are needed because there are going to, there are going to be some personnel moves needed. Yeah, no, I agree. That was, that was actually part of my next question. I, I think you nailed it, too, with uh, last night's game being a, a learning experience. You know, on a developing team, young team like that, you, you kind of need to be brought back down to reality. And, uh, you know, I think even, too, as fans just watching the game, it's like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, we get it. You know, they're not going to be able to just play the Devils every night and, uh, you know, the Sabres and stuff like that. There's some damn good teams here in this, yeah, in this and, division. And if I can just interrupt you for a second, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they if they still have another run, you know, because they aren't mathematically out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and they're going to need a ton of help from Boston and Pittsburgh <laughs> to lose, you know, losing a little bit. But I won't be surprised if they if they win some games here, if they bounce back from this and have a couple of you know impressive games in a row because that's what they do, uh, and they have done this year, and they did it even toward the end of last year. Yep. Uh, they, they they do respond to these things and they do take their lessons and they and they, they take their medicine and, and they come back better. So I won't be surprised if they win a couple here and all of a sudden people say, Well, they're only four back again, you know, not <laughs> not that you know, four at this stage is huge. Uh six at this stage is gigantic. So but I, I won't be surprised at all if that happens. Yeah, no, you're right on it. They've always done that. There's no doubt about it. The uh, I call them the seesaw team, man. They go one way and then they come back the other way. There's no doubt about it. Um, so you know, you were talking about JD and Gordon here and, and some of the prospects. And this is the you know, let's have a little fun here, Rick. Uh, if you were to look into the future, um, you know, with the prospects and you know what you're talking about, spending money, the expansion draft coming in here. Um, I don't expect you to know it all, Rick, but I, I'm sure we can get kind of close here. But who do you think stays and goes before training camp next year? And uh, you know, maybe to help to get them another center or score up front and 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 you got to look at the uh the depth of their prospects like how do you make rooms for guys like jones and snyder and Barron and they just signed henrickson today i mean what what, what do you think goes on here yeah Mills Lundquist is coming and, and yeah you're right there's you know Barron. i think we're gonna get a look at in the next couple of weeks uh or next week or so um but yeah you know i, I don't know which one today because they have so many but you can't have you know five really good right wings and you can't have seven really good young defensemen. <laughs> it's just so you know, they have to decide which ones are I mean, obviously Fox is untouchable. Uh that there's no question there. But are any of the other kids you know, if, if Tackle and Lafreniere and, and Kratzoff obviously the Rangers don't want to trade any of them, but if they had to trade one of them to get a a number one center Sure, you do it, right? I mean, you have to do it. You have to consider it, at least. Um, and, I, and I don't know, nor could I even guess which one uh, it'll take to get the player that they need or the players that they need. But uh, but certainly, you're not going to have Kraftov, Tito, Kako, uh, Lafreniere, Barron, Hendrickson. You, you know, they're not all going to be here. Um and you're not going to have Schneider and, and Lundquist and Jones, <laughs> in addition to the kids that are here already, on defense. It's just not going to happen. It, it, you can't have, you know, you can't have all those extras when they're top prospects. So they've got they've got the, the uh, assets to trade to trade, and that's and that's why you go collect as many as they did. That's why you go trade for all those draft picks uh, and rebuild the cupboard of prospects. You know, you don't do it because they're all going to play on the team. You do it because those are assets that you need and you use at some point. You know, Hendrickson was the was the conditional second round pick from the McDonald's trade, which you know hasn't, mm-hmm. hasn't yet shown uh, what it is, what it's worth. But you know, if Lundquist and, and Hendrickson both turn out to be good players, you know, then you look at that trade differently. Um, so yeah, I, I don't I honestly. Don't want to BS you here because I don't know which which players will or will not be here next year. But I know that um, in two years, not all of them will be here. Yeah, no. Hey, look, um, these are all good problems to have, Rick. I mean, as far as 
you know, where the organization is at, this rebuild, and, um, you know, the future looks pretty good here, one way or the other. So last thing before I let you go here, Rick, and again, I appreciate your time here today with us. Um, You know, if you could... You know, maybe just kind of talk to the fans. I mean, I mean that's the fun part of it, right, Rick? You know, whether we're running podcasts or you know you covering the team professionally and everything else, you, you see the bat, you know, the the rage, the up and down levels between the fan base here. So, you know, a guy who's been covering this team here for so many years in these last couple of years, and and like I said, from the net out and defensively, you see the progress, and we we've got multiple tools up front, and a lot of these guys are young. The talent is there. They're they're generally a healthy team outside of Jacob getting hit late last night. But, I mean, what could you just kind of say to the fan base, Rick, if you're on top of the mountain and you said, hey, look, just just hang in there because, uh, you know, um, this team has some potential here, not only to, to obviously have some fun here in these last 10 games to make a run. I think they're ahead of the schedule. But, I mean, you, you know, your take uh, on the organization as a whole moving forward and, and back to a normal schedule, training camp, and everything else hopefully next season. Yeah, I mean, I think that you have to be, uh, you have to have a positive look on what happened this year. I would think overall, it's been a pretty positive season. And I think overall, the, the rebuild has gone pretty well. Um, and again, there's still a lot of unknowns. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the, the, the fans outlook and, uh, you know, when I started doing this, there was no such thing as the internet. <laughs> so, so you all, the only, the only reaction we had, we used to get uh, letters to the editor on Sunday. And we, so we'd get a couple of letters to the editor about the Rangers, you know. So that, we didn't really know how, we didn't really know how to pick the temperature of the fan base. Uh, now, over these last, I don't know, since like 2009, when I came back to the beat, I was off for a little while. Uh, and, and I ran a blog that was crazy with Ranger fans. And now, you know, now having, the constant interaction you see and you understand, um, A, that they're extremely passionate, uh, B, that the, you talked about the Rangers being at Seesaw. Well, the ride these fans go on every night, is, it's crazy. Like, you know, everything was... Keeping was therapists loaded. in business. <laughs> it's amazing, right? I mean, everything was loaded after the four wins over the Devils, and then one bad night, and granted, it came at a horrible time, and it was pretty bad. But you know, it's now doom, doom and gloom, and everybody stinks, and everybody needs to be fired. So, you know, I've learned over the years that that's the way it is. That it was, especially with the coaching. Um, it was, you know, Colin Campbell and John Muckler and Ron Lowe, and on and on and on through Tortorella and Rennie and and Av and now Quinn. Every one of them had a percentage of the fan base that absolutely hated their guts. Mm-hmm. Couldn't wait for them to get out of here. Now, Tortorella had one of the great runs, you know, for a couple of years there. And AV had two of the most fabulous years in franchise history. <laughs> and fans couldn't wait to get rid of them. So, you know, now, and now it's Quinn. And, and, you know, the Anthony Botetto decision last night, which blew up in his face, yeah. Didn't cost them that game. Did not cost them that game. <laughs> I mean, the stunk, and and the decision was a backfire. But you're not going to fire him over that. No. And that when you've got the development that he's done, but that's that's the uh, fan base, and, and I understand it. There's passion that, that's unmatched, and there's frustration that's built up over the years, uh, cumulatively, because I don't think. 
I don't think frustration is a good word as a whole to put on the last three years. Um, I think, you know, they, they've done what they set out to do. They were very transparent what they're going to do and they stuck to it. And I think by and large, they've succeeded and made a lot of progress in their, in their mission statement. But I, I do understand that, that it goes not only from game to game, but period to period and, and goal to goal sometimes that, uh, that the, you have to really take the temperature and, and be careful. <laughs> Some of these people I worry about during games, you know, I really I'm like, holy cow, are you going to be okay? I hope you're not driving. Or... <laughs> but, but I understand it and, and, uh, and I get it. And, and I never got that before. And in, in, in the pre Twitter days, you never got that feel for what these guys are going through, what these guys and girls are going through as they suffer with this team. And, uh, it's it's pretty crazy, and I'm sure that you I'm sure you do it too. <laughs> <laughs> I think the young the young generation has to kind of calm down. I mean, Stanley Cup Finals in 2014, couple of uh, conference finals. You know, I'm I'm gonna be I'm 51. I'll be 52 in November. Rick, uh, I dealt with Espo and uh, Michelle Bergeron, the Ted Sater days. I mean, and there was no. Uh, no social media back then. You know, having to go see the, having to go to bars and look for, uh, you know, closed circuit TV games to watch cablevision games. It was crazy. Yeah. They got it made yeah. today. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And frankly, you know, anybody who lives through those and thinks these are bad days, <laughs> it's crazy because those were so much worse. So, oh. I mean, the Espo days were, were so crazy compared to this. And so, in that, there was so much ineptitude uh, on the ice and off the ice. And then, and then you look at, you know, from the time Muscler took over until Tortorella got here, what a mess that was. Oh, it's brutal. You know, these, these are the good old days. Exactly. Right? <laughs> right? These are the glory days. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, but it, you know that's that's part and parcel of rooting for this team and or the Mets and or the Jets and or the Knicks in this city. And, you know, that, that's part of it. New York, baby, and we love it. Rick, I love you, man. Thanks so much for coming on today and giving me some time. Uh, great to talk to you, and uh, hopefully we can do this again next season, or uh, who knows, maybe the Rangers will pull something out of their hat and make the playoffs. But until then, Rick, stay safe and healthy, and thanks for all you do for the Rangers and the fans there on the Athletic. Thank, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it, and hopefully we'll do it again. You got it. Take care. Rick Coppinell, ladies and gentlemen, join us here on Go Rangers Radio, and Go Rangers Radio rolls on. Got any questions for Polly Tagus at Go Rangers Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now, slower than a Ron Dugay forecheck, faster than a John Agrodnick line change, and unable to guarantee anything like Mark Messier. Here's Cuthbert. All right, guys, it's sponsor time right now on Go Rangers Radio. So, hey, yeah, you, you got Bush? You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor, Manscaped. After using these life-changing products, you're going to want to join a ball sack beauty contest. Really? Okay. I'm looking out for you because I also have an exclusive 20% off discount. So use the code GORANGERSGO or GORANGERS at manscaped.com and get 20% off all your purchases and free shipping. That's right. I said free shipping. Okay? So you got to take care of this, all right? Take care of yourself. Manscaped is dedicated to uh, helping you level up your full-body grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. The kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 Waterproof Cordless Body Trimmer, 
and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. That's the thing here, guys. They got all kinds of stuff. It's not just, you know, the trimmer and the nose clippers and all that other stuff. They got all kinds of stuff here. Deodorant, uh, oils, all great stuff, all right? Um, Their trimmer is the best to help you trim up the hedges. The trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller. It's true. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, Ball deodorant, making sure your bowls are smelling majestic before your Tinder date, really. Okay, you'll also find the Crop Reviver, Ball Toner, a spray-on testy toner that's designed to make your bowl smell irresistible. Be sure to add the refined cologne to your arsenal. With a perfect package or performance package purpose, you get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, I got one of these, it's awesome, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxers. Great set of boxes comes with this stuff, man. You got to get it. So, look, you want to go to go uh, manscaped.com and you want to, uh, you know, use the code GORANGERS or GORANGERSGO and you'll get 20% off plus free shipping, okay? You got to use the code, though. Manscaped.com, GORANGERS or GORANGERSGO, either one, whatever you prefer. Type it long, type it short. It's up to you. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for your bush trimming experience, okay? Once again... Go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code GORANGERSGO or GORANGERS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, okay? It's 2021, and you still got bush. You got to take care of yourself, all right? So change all that with Manscaped, and go get this perfect package kit. And again, anything you guys want, just check out manscaped.com. It's just great. They got all kinds of great stuff. Um, And you can use our code to get discounts off anything you guys want over there. And free shipping. Which is huge. All right. Manscaped.com. Thank you so much. All right. Well, that puts a wrap on this week's Go Rangers Radio. New episode here for you. Big thanks to Rick Carpinello for coming on here and giving me a, a few minutes and talking some great stuff with the Rangers here and reminiscing about the great old days with Phil Esposito and Michelle Bergeron. Look at the tapes, folks. Look up the old articles. You think it's bad now? You have no idea. Tell you right now. Enjoy this ride. This is a young, good team. The next couple of years, the next few years are going to be really good here in New York. So just buckle up. Enjoy it. They don't make the playoffs. Enjoy your spring and summer and get ready for, you know, all this here in New York. Getting back to normal. All right? So be positive. Stay positive. So, again, thanks to you guys for listening. Keep subscribing. Follow at Go Rangers Radio everywhere. All right? Take care of yourselves. Be good to each other. Stay safe and healthy. And, again, big thanks to Rick Carpinello for joining me here today. And we'll be back here next week. Don't forget, Colin Stevenson from Newsday. We'll know uh, one way or the other if the Rangers are getting closer. Maybe we're going to start putting a, a bow on this season. All right? Anyway, hang in there, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Pull you out. And, as always... Let's go, Rangers!